Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to this week's first edition of the Powder Blue Review, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Michael Peterson. Guys, congratulations. Let it all soak in. We are getting to celebrate a victory Monday today. You guys will be listening to this on Tuesday, um, but obviously I am recording on Monday, and it feels great. It is especially great when the Chargers win in the type of fashion that they just did over the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a phenomenal turnout for the game, Chargers-wise. This was actually my first live Chargers game that I have been able to get to. As I've kind of said before, I am from the state of Iowa. There is no professional sports teams, and the Chargers being a West Coast team, I have to get lucky to uh, have anywhere you know near an NFL stadium near the Chargers visit that season. I happened to be, at the time, living in Savannah, Georgia, which is just a short two-hour drive to Jacksonville, so I was able to attend this game. I had an absolute blast. I met some great fans. And shout out to one guy in particular, Pedro, if you're listening to this, shout out to you and your beautiful family. Thank you for coming around and talking to me and just kind of, you know, let me enjoy your presence and talk some Chargers ball. It was an absolute pleasure. But as you guys saw, the Chargers absolutely throttled the Jacksonville Jaguars 45 to 10. This looked like the Chargers team that we'd expect to see every single week. Everyone contributed. Our good defensive players played well. The offensive stars shined. Um, Again, it was everything we absolutely wanted in a Chargers game and something we would like to see week in, week out, especially on a more consistent basis. The season is obviously lost. The Chargers have been eliminated mathematically from the playoffs due to the fact that the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans have tiebreakers over the Chargers. But Fret not, we get to enjoy the rest of the season without, you know, who, who knows if you really want the, the pressure of, of not knowing if you're going to make the playoffs all the way up to the final week. Uh, as of right now, we know we're not going to make the playoffs, so we get to enjoy these last couple games, maybe enjoy the last couple games of some of the players that are on the team right now who may or may not return in 2020 or beyond. And we get to focus on the NFL draft. We get to focus on players who could could potentially, pardon me, be donning the bolts, the powder blue next season as well. And that's always a fun time, draft season. Some people, it's year long. For others who cover the team, it is kind of when they're eventually uh, kicked out of playoff contention. So here we are. Today's show is... uh, It's going to go as usual, guys. We're going to talk about the game, my thoughts and takeaways from it. We're going to go over my surgerostatic players of the week and just talk about any other ins and outs uh, that have come up, any other you know breaking news or anything like that that is worthwhile. So without further ado, guys, we're going to get into the show. On Phillip Rivers' 38th birthday, the Chargers play, aside from the Packers game, their most complete game from start to finish this season. It was an absolute throttling. And they were on top of the Jaguars pretty much from the the first whistle, aside from the Jaguars kicking a field goal to start the game on their first drive. Every single person on this team helped out, right? Every star did something. Rivers, Gordon, Eckler, Allen, Williams, Henry, even Derek Watt scored his first career touchdown in this game. It was a phenomenal game to watch and was essentially similar to last year's Arizona Cardinals game where they really just kind of had their way with that squad that obviously was the worst squad in the NFL last year. So um, obviously the stats are very clean. Stats are very good. 
So we go over here, we look at the Chargers. Phillip Rivers played his cleanest game in some time. No interceptions, which is the biggest takeaway here with Rivers. The, the Jaguars have a good defense, right? And so I didn't expect this type of showing by the Chargers. If you recall last week against the Denver Broncos, they were missing Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. They're two star outside linebackers, their best two defensive players outside of Chris Harris. Well, the Jaguars weren't really missing anybody along their defensive front. Clayus Campbell was there. The rookie Josh Allen was there. Yannick Ngakwe. Their players are all there. So, no, I didn't expect the offensive line to have as clean of a game as they did, but they held up extremely well and let Rivers look about as comfortable as he has all season back there on Sunday. Rivers finished 16 of 22, passing for 314 yards and three touchdowns. And again, the key stat being zero interceptions and zero turnovers in general. Melvin Gordon uh, rushed the ball only 12 times for 55 yards, but did get in the end zone. I don't have this stat written down in front of me, but I believe Gordon also chipped in. Yes, five catches for 29 yards as well. So he went over 80 total yards and a touchdown. But the absolute star of the day, was obviously Austin Eckler. This guy was phenomenal. And again, I am so glad that this was the first game that I've actually got to attend to see the Chargers live because it was something to behold. It was historic, right? Austin Eckler became the first Chargers player and the second in the history of the franchise to go over 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing. Uh, the first since Lionel James in 1985. Eckler finished with just 12 touches. But he had eight carries that went for 101 yards on the ground and four catches that went for 112 yards and a touchdown, including an 84-yard screen that he took in the flat and turned up field barely, pretty much untouched the whole way when the team was already up by at least three scores, I believe. It was awesome. I mean, this, this is the Chargers offense. They're finally completely utilizing Gordon and Eckler, especially using Eckler out as a receiver, getting him the ball in space and letting him do what he does best, which is simply make people miss and get yards after contact. Huge kudo to Eckler. We're going to talk about him some more, but just absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal job by Eckler. Keenan Allen, five catches for 83 yards, did not get in the end zone on this one, but looked really, really good. Did draw a defensive pass interference penalty on the Chargers' first drive of the game that did lead to their first touchdown, which was Gordon's uh, touchdown run. Mike Williams, hooray. Congratulations, Mike Williams. You finally got into the end zone in week 14 of the NFL season for the first time. He only finished with two catches for 63 yards, but his touchdown catch, I believe, was 39 yards. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was uh, 44 yards, excuse me, two catches, 63 yards, including the 44-yard touchdown bomb that he caught pretty much the same time as the much smaller safety. And again, Rivers, uh, good on him for seeing that mismatch and letting Mike Williams do what he does best, which is go up and get the ball. And obviously, Ty goes to the offense. So uh, that touchdown was kept. Hunter Henry only caught two passes for 39 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown pass was a 30-yarder. Um, phenomenal play design. It was outside zone to the left with Hunter Henry faking uh, a block, but he ran basically like a crosser and up the sideline. So as everyone reacted to the play action, that was a fake run to the left and then the boot right. Rivers was able to turn around 180 and throw it back left to a wide open Hunter Henry who caught it within the five yard line and bowled over two Jaguar defenders for that score. I believe Henry's now up to four or five touchdowns on the season. 
And then last but not least, Derek Watt scored his first touchdown of his NFL career on a fullback dive from the one-yard line. Congrats to him. Big day again for everybody all around in this one on the offense. Defensively, the stats aren't super crazy because the they just played good, solid, fundamental football and got stops when they needed to get stops. You know, they didn't need uh, a bunch of turnovers to win the game as badly as they did. The, the Jaguars' defense was just that bad. But your leading tacklers, guys, going from top to bottom. Uh, Drew Tranquil led the team with eight total tackles. Derwin James and Thomas Davis both had six. James did have one tackle for loss. Brandon Faison, who has been a force in run support lately, which is phenomenal to see from a young cornerback, finished with five tackles and one tackle for loss. Melvin Ingram, five tackles. Adrian Phillips, five tackles and half a tackle for loss. And your defensive star of the day was Joey Bosa. Four total tackles, had two sacks on Gardner Minshew, and three tackles for loss. So another big day from the Big Bear. Always good to see. Gardner Minshew, man. Uh, I was really stoked to see Minshew Magic in this one. Uh, I was so stoked to to see that he was going to get the start over Nick Foles. Nick Foles is super boring. And at the same time, if this was going to end up being a game that the Chargers might piss away again, like they have a bunch of previous games against teams that they should not have let win, um, I was you know, glad to, to get to see Gardner Minshew play. I had not seen him since I was at the Senior Bowl this past January. He finished with 24 uh, completions on 37 passing, just 162 passing yards, and a late touchdown to uh, tight end Nick O'Leary in the fourth quarter, I want to call it. Leonard Fournette went over the 1,000-yard mark in this game on the season. Uh, he only finished with 15 carries for just 50 yards and three catches for another 13. DJ Chark, the obviously the go-to receiver for Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew pardon me, uh, their best guy, 6'4", second-year player out of LSU, finished with nine catches but only had 75 total yards, no scores. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, six catches for 25 yards. So as you can see, there, there was no downfield passing game for the Jaguars. So that's a nod to how good the uh, Chargers defense was, kind of bottling everything up. No big plays whatsoever in this one. And uh, tight end Nick O'Leary finished with four catches for 30 yards and the touchdown I mentioned earlier. Defensively, Dur- um, God, I can't remember his first name, but Payne, linebacker for the Jaguars, finished with 16 total tackles, a game high by far. Um, the next closest guy in the Jaguars was uh, Quincy Williams with five tackles. You've got Yannick Ngakwe with four tackles. Uh, Clayus Campbell had two tackles in the Jaguars' only sack of the day. And then Josh Allen, who again led, led all rookies with nine sacks up to this point, just had two tackles. No sacks, no tuckle, tackles for loss or anything like that. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo or... Avoid it altogether with excuses like, you know, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. And sometimes when you're up grinding that college football tape, when you're up trying to get that podcast done to your followers and your viewers the next morning, you're just tired. You're out of it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If the medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple as well. Just go to GetRoman.com BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. 
Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and two-day free shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. It's always incredibly tough to pick a weak surge or static players, especially when they play such a clean game as this. I remember following the Packers game, struggling with the same thing. It was easy to fill the surge because a lot of players played well. A lot of players took a step forward in their play. But this week, you know, yeah, surge was super easy. But static, all of a sudden, I find myself nitpicking. And I don't like nitpicking. I don't want to force someone to, you know, find myself making reasons kind of out of the thin air that players, you know, were bad and why they took a step back. But uh, there's a couple reasons why. And two players are actually on this surge list who didn't even suit up against the Jaguars. But we'll get into that uh, towards the end of this. But as always, we are going to start with our surge players. And first and foremost, of course, we got to talk about Austin Eckler, right? Austin Eckler, I mentioned it earlier, eight touches or eight carries, 101, uh, four catches for 112 and a touchdown. First Chargers player since Lionel uh, James in 1985. I almost want to say Lionel Richie on that one. Lionel James in 1985 to do 100 and 100. He is one of four undrafted free agent running backs in the common draft area to record a 100 and 100 game. Some other guys you may know uh, who are in that group include Priest Holmes and Arian Foster. So again, a pretty good group to be in. If anything, this is just a glimpse of what we can possibly expect after this year in 2020. A lot of people don't expect Melvin Gordon to be with the Chargers past this season. And seeing just how good Austin Eckler is and still how efficient Justin Jackson is, I don't see why this team wouldn't feel super confident in the running back room going into 2020 with those two running backs. Secondly, on the surge list, we've got to talk about Phillip Rivers. Now, this was the first game that he hasn't thrown an interception since the Green Bay Packers game. And if you recall that Green Bay Packers game, it was about as cleanly played as this one was. The two best games of the Chargers, you know, who knew the two best games the Chargers would play this season uh, were be the games that uh, Philip Rivers didn't throw an interception, right? It just shows you that this team also goes the way that Rivers goes. When Rivers starts to turn the ball over, it just seems like no one else can kind of buck up and uh, fight that trend. It can't, you know, once it starts going downhill with an interception, everyone can't find themselves, uh, can't stop themselves from going downhill with him. Um, but again, super efficient, 16 of 22 for 314 and three touchdowns, had like 154.4 quarterback passer rating, which I think was only three points away from being perfect. So it was a phenomenal game. He He made good decisions. There was no bad throws into double coverage. There were no check downs that hit defensive tackles in the face. He also didn't even need to, like the one sack on Calais Campbell was kind of like the worst play because Rivers saw him coming and just ducked. And, and, you know, that wasn't like the worst thing he's ever done. Probably the smartest thing to do in the situation, you got a six, seven guy bearing down on you. You're probably not going to throw the ball around him or over his head real quickly. So that's fine. That's fine that Rivers took the sack there. That's okay. But again, he had a phenomenal day and, uh, you know, can't say much else about it. Good on Rivers, uh, bought himself some more time, kind of got rid of, uh, you know, probably stopped some of the flack he's been receiving over the last couple weeks. Uh, Thirdly, 
we, you know, we got to talk about Joey Bosa as well. Obviously the best defensive player on the field for the Chargers on Sunday. Four tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss. You have to get to the quarterback to help win games. And Bosa was able to do that on multiple occasions. As of right now, Bosa finally broke the double-digit sack mark with two on Sunday. I believe he's currently at 10 and a half. I still think that's more than his brother. It's good to see him over that uh, double-digit mark. His career high, if you guys recall, is 12 and a half. He's got three games to get three more sacks, or at least two and a half sacks to get to 13 and set a career high. I don't know if this is, you know, a bummer of a season. Like, he's played so well uh, rushing the passer and the run that, you know, he if he reaches his career high, ties it with 12 and a half. I still think this is his best season to date because of how well he was also able to play the run. He He's much more of a complete defensive end than he has been in any of his previous seasons. And he also wasn't hurt. He didn't get hurt, knock on wood. But this is like one of the first seasons where he played, I think since that year that he had 12 and a half sacks and 16, I want to say, that he hasn't been hurt. So good on Bosa. Congrats to him. Two sacks just keeps killing it. Congrats to the Big Bear. Um, definitely a guy we're probably going to see in this year's Pro Bowl. Now, for Static, uh, this was tough because, again, not a lot of people did bad things, but when someone does something little that's just kind of bad and they do it repeatedly, then it just kind of snowballs into something worse. And that's what Desmond King has done with muffing punts. He muffed another one in this game. Uh, it didn't turn the ball over or anything like that. They, the Chargers got it back, or I think it bounced out of bounds near one of the sidelines. But, you know, he's just removed from, I believe, two games ago against, I want to say, was the Chiefs, where he muffed two punts, including one that he tried to catch over his shoulder within his own 10-yard line. It was insane. I don't know why he would ever do something like that. But he muffed another punt. So he's got... I want to say five plus muffed punts this year. And it sucks to see because he's such a dynamic special teams returner, right? He was a first team all pro as a returner. And why? I don't know. It seems like he has the yips, right? It just doesn't seem like the Desmond King that we kind of have have come to know over the last two seasons. But again, being so dynamic, he can help change the momentum of a game just with one return. So do you continue to press on Desmond and keep him as your return guy, or do you give it up to Tromaine Pope, who has a return, uh, a punt return this season to his name as well? I don't know. I don't know. You've got two guys who have, have both returned a, a punt for a touchdown this season. I just think Desmond's has the higher upside. I don't know. But if he continues to muff pumps, then punts, pardon me, then of course, I, I, I'd expect him to get pulled and uh, Tromaine Pope too. Uh, stand in there as the punt returner. Now, for my last two, these guys did not play a snap against the Jaguars. Um, but just based on what happened to them, their outcomes from Sunday, I- I'd say they earned a spot on this uh, static list. And that's the first one is going to be Jerry Tillery. This is your first round pick that you guys drafted over uh, two potential right tackles for this team in Juwan Taylor or Cody Ford. They decided to go with Jerry Tillery. They needed a presence, a pass rushing presence along the uh, interior defensive line. And Tillery fits that bill, man. He had eight sacks um, for Notre Dame last season. 6'6", 300 pounds, athletic guy. 
everything that you kind of would want in a interior rusher. But he was a healthy scratch on Sunday. He has not played well at all. And Anthony Lynn has praised him in recent weeks. But you look at the stat sheet, and I believe he only has five total tackles on the season, the entire season. And he started several games. I think at one point he was 424th out of 425 qualifying defenders in terms of tackles, uh, total tackles on the season, or it was something along the lines of like percentage of tackles and snaps played. I'm not sure. But to be that low out of 425 defenders, you are one from the bottom sitting at 424. That's not good. And I think uh, this was like a low-key you got to play better or it's not going to go your way type of uh, move here, being a healthy scratch. Now, he uh, Anthony Lynn was asked after the game why Tillery was a healthy scratch, and he thought just based on matchups, he said he went with the bigger defensive tackle in Sylvester Williams, the better run stopper, and that's understandable. Leonard Fournette has been running the ball very well for the Jaguars. So from, yes, a matchup standpoint, I get it. But at the same time, your first-round pick and your third-round pick being healthy scratches this late into the season, it's just not a good look. And thirdly, uh, I have Denzel Perryman on here. And if you guys haven't seen any news coming out of the Chargers about why Denzel didn't play, well, we got a report following the game that Roderick Teamer and Denzel Perryman were both actually sent home on Saturday before the game due to them both missing a Saturday morning meeting. Uh, there's no other information besides that, why they missed it, uh, you know, potential theories and stuff like that. No one's really come out to talk about. Um, you know, some of the things are just they overslept. What did they do the night before where it was Denzel out with some of his former Miami buddies? You know, he's from the University of Miami. Did he do something or get into some stuff that he shouldn't have that cost him, uh, you know, to miss the meeting? I'm not entirely sure, but this combined with the fact that he has been losing snaps to Drew Tranquil in the middle of this defense says a lot. And I just think the team, even though they just extended Perryman on a two-year deal prior to the season, I think they're kind of playing their hand. They're showing it to everybody else that Tranquil seems to be the guy for this defense moving forward. And I can honestly see them pulling the ripcord on this two-year deal for Denzel Perryman following this one season. So that does it for this week's show, guys. As always, appreciate it. Appreciate all the love, the nice things you guys have to say about the podcast. Again, shout out to all the fans that I was able to talk to while at the game on Sunday. Uh, it's been a blast, guys. And this was such a great win to, to celebrate. Happy Victory Monday to you guys. Victory Tuesday. If you're continue it even further into the week, I appreciate it. And once again, you know, I was kind of losing my voice prior to Sunday's game, but I obviously have done hopefully not irreparable damage to my vocal cords, but hopefully I sound better when I record this week's second installment of the Powder Blue Review. But as always, guys, follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Follow the tw- uh, Twitter of the podcast at PB Review Podcast. And head on over to BullsFromTheBlue.com where I am the uh, deputy manager over there. That is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers blog. Guys, five-star review, like, favorite, comment, subscribe. Wherever you guys listen to the podcast, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like, even if that means sliding in my DMs on Twitter. I want to hear everything you guys think about this podcast. 
We will be back later this week to preview next week's matchup against the 9-4 and four Minnesota Vikings. That's going to be tough. That is my wife's team. My wife is from Minnesota, and when I'm not rooting for the Chargers, I am rooting for the Minnesota Vikings. So this Sunday will be a house divided, and I cannot wait to tell you guys all about how that goes. But as always, I say that a lot. I need to find a better segue into different sentences. I appreciate you guys as always. There it is again. Who boy, I'm going to end this while I'm ahead. I will see you guys later this week.